The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Can you believe it? The Royals have now won eight games in a row for the first time in two years. They've won nine of their last ten. The bullpen has a 29-inning scoreless streak. And Casey pulls within four games of the wild card temporarily, pending outcomes of games this afternoon. Two to one, the Royals win over Minnesota, complete the four-game sweep. That's five straight series wins for the boys in blue. And what does that mean for Royals' playoff chances? We discussed that coming up in a bit and preview the next three in Miami as well. But first, go over this one. It's Dave Glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish right here on Clubhouse Conversation, where we begin with our player of the game, which is once again, not surprisingly, Danny Duffy. And before we get to his outstanding work today, and it was outstanding, especially considering for the second you know, straight start, I didn't think he had his best stuff out there. He had to battle a bit, which, again, shows you how gifted Danny Duffy is and how far he's come and how good he's become when he's able to go out there with what I would call above mediocre but not good stuff and get himself through you know, six-plus, seven-plus innings in most circumstances. Today, six and two-thirds. So Duffy are a player of the game, but the defense gets a big assist, especially in that second inning, which to me was the difference in this ball game. Going back to the second inning, it wasn't looking real good. Trevor Plouffe, an absolute smoke job off of Duffy, a double down the left field line, his first of two hits against Duffy. So Plouffe at second base, then you got Jorge Polanco with a single, first and third, nobody out, followed by a four-pitch walk to Eduardo Escobar. That's when I got nervous. First and third, nobody out. I'm thinking, okay, the Twins get one, you know, no big deal. You know, they'll, they'll get one or two off of Duffy, and that'll be it. But then I got a bit more nervous. After a four-pitch walk to Eduardo Escobar, you got the bases loaded and nobody out. And you think to yourself, uh-oh, we're a hit away from this possibly getting a bit rough this afternoon. But then Duffy and the defense say, enough of that. We're going to work. We, we want the playoffs. We want to compete. We want this coming down to the end. And they strike out Eddie Rosario. I say they because they worked in tandem, which is evidenced by the next header. Kurt Suzuki, a little bloop job in to left field that drops for a base head, I would say, probably against 22 or 23 left fielders. There aren't too many left fielders in the league that make the play that Alex Gordon did as it comes sliding in, picks that one off the ground, almost got in there, makes the catch, and the Twins aren't able to tag up and score. So Gordon saves a run right there. You've got everyone moving up one base in that situation if that ball drops. Probably not going to get by him enough where they can get more more than that. Maybe it would have bounced by him a, a hair, but everyone playing a third of the way out the base. So, you know, it saves the Royals a, a, a run right there and everyone advancing a base. So that was absolutely huge, obviously. And then Danny Santana hits a ball hard that Chesler Cuthbert makes look so easy. Goes to his left, fields it, spins, throws over to Mondesi at second to force out the other Escobar, that being Eduardo. And the Royals and Duffy get out of the second inning unscathed. Duffy loads the bases, gets the strikeout. Then you get the Gordon and Cuthbert plays. Absolutely awesome. And how good is Cuthbert? My gosh. He didn't have a very good day at the plate going 0 for 4, including a couple of bad strikeouts against Santana on breaking balls, but just continues to be so steady out there, both with the bat and defensively every single day. 
by far the best offensive surprise for the Royals, and that's even including Paulo Orlando, who obviously is having a terrific season that nobody saw coming, including Ned Yost, who openly admitted that a couple of days ago at the press conference. But, you know, Cuthbert, to me, offensively the player of the year so far for the Royals, and certainly the defense, as we talk about over and over, continues to get so much better, and that helped Duffy and the Royals get out of the second inning. We saw Lorenzo Kane. Make a nice play defensively, a nice scoop by Hosmer. You can go all up and down the team. Everyone's going to make a good play defensively. And it's magnified even more when you play a team like the Twins, right, who just can't field the baseball. We saw this even back in April. They've just been brutal all year. They cannot field the baseball. Them and the New York Mets are the worst two-fielding teams I've seen so far this season. So, yeah, the defense was great, but, you know, the Royals, speaking of defense while we're on the topic, I guess, offensively, and technically, it wasn't called an error. Lorenzo Kane in that sixth inning, a play that probably could have been made by shortstop Jorge Polanco. It wasn't. Kane gets a single, extends the inning, then Hosmer drives the double into the gap, you know, over the head of the center fielder, up against the fence. Two to one Royals. It was a game winning hit. And, and again, that was technically rolled a base hit. I thought it could have been called an error, but either way, the play definitely could have been made against Kane. So the defense, like we talked about, saves all these runs for the Royals, and then the Twins give the game away, essentially, on a defensive play. But back to Duffy now. Six and two-thirds for Danny. One run on eight hits. Uh, strikes out four. Walks two. Again, like I said at the top here, not the uh, not the Danny Duffy that we saw against Tampa Bay. Although we're probably not going to see that pitcher uh, maybe ever again. 16 strikeouts, the Royals club record. So certainly not that pitcher, and certainly even not the pitcher that's been racking up 8, 9, 10 strikeouts pretty routinely since the All-Star break, or even since before the All-Star break. But that's my point. I mean, he, that, that's how good he is. That's how good he's become. And, and that's what the great ones do. You know, they go out there, when they have their great stuff, they throw shutouts and go eight innings, one run, and strike out 10, hit, 10 hitters, right? When they don't have their good stuff, the great ones go out there and find a way to get you six, seven innings, give up one, two, or three runs. It's the exact opposite of the guys who aren't the good ones or the great ones. You know, the average ones, when they're pitching really well, when they're pitching really well, do what Duffy did today, and when they're pitching bad, they get lit up like a Christmas tree. So that just shows you how much Duffy has taken steps forward. And I know it's the Minnesota Twins. I know they aren't the best team, but they are pesky offensively, and they had been leading the American League in runs scored since the All-Star break. So a team that's not a, you know exactly a pushover. There's still some nice bats in there. We didn't see Maurer today um, or Kepler, but still some, some capable bats in that Twins lineup, and the Royals shut them down all weekend long. Now, a lot of that goes to the bullpen as well, like we mentioned at the top. 29 straight scoreless innings for the Royals pen. A big, you know, a big what's up to Peter Moylan, our friend from down under, both as how he throws it and from Australia. He comes in with a runner at first and two outs in the seventh inning. Duffy had gone 95 pitches, six and two-thirds, power hitting Miguel Sano at the plate. I like what Ned did there. Going Moylan, changed the arm angle. Sano didn't seem like he really struggled. He hadn't done anything against Duffy, but it didn't seem like he struggled that much at seeing the ball and catching up with the fastball. Danny maybe not with the tip-top velocity we see sometimes this afternoon. And maybe maybe some of this Duffy having, you know, slightly above average but not not good stuff the last couple of times out, maybe it's a little bit of fatigue. You know, a guy who is getting towards the point of the season where you're extending his endings quite a bit. And that'll be the big question mark when he nears that 150-160 mark. How will he continue to look out there? But I thought it was good, long story short, getting him out of there because he was at 95. Don't overdo him right now. you got a, a hot bullpen. Change the arm angle. Right, right versus Sanoa, power hitter, who would, would have gotten to see Duffy there for the big 
you know, third at bat. So nice job by Moylan who comes in and gets Sano to ground out. And then Joaquin Soria, Kelvin Herrera, two perfect innings. Seven up, seven down for the Royals' bullpen. And KC continues to roll as they did exactly what they had to do as we talk about the playoff picture now before we get to previewing Miami. We said that coming into the series. We said they had to sweep the series against the Twins. I said if they sweep the series against the Twins, I'm willing to at least talk about the playoffs. Because the Royals had dug themselves in such a big hole that even now when they're rattling off eight in a row and, what, 10 of 12? and you, I mean, you can keep on going further back here for about almost three weeks now. The Royals have been playing two and a half weeks now. I've been playing great baseball. But that just shows you how much of a hole they dug. There's still four or four and a half games. Well, I guess it could be three and a half out, couldn't it? There are four games out right now with Baltimore and Houston. We're not sure if they're going to play or not. Still in a rain delay for the last three hours. Probably they will if they waited this long and if they don't return to Baltimore and play again this season. But depending on what happens if Baltimore drops, they'd be three and a half back. But either way, you know, you, that, that, that's how much of a hole you dug. Now, with that said, the past is the past. We're not going to harp on the month of July. The Royals can still get themselves in the playoffs. Still definitely a possibility. Cleveland still might be the easier way to get in by winning the division, but the Royals still eight back as Cleveland takes two out of three this weekend from Toronto. The Royals don't see them too much more. I know they end the season with Cleveland, which will be big. So I guess for now, for now you don't the, 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 like I keep saying, get to 90 wins. Don't even worry so much about the teams in front of you because there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of scenarios. You'll kind of drive yourself crazy keeping track of the Mariners and the Astros and the Orioles and the Tigers and you know the Indians and even to a degree Boston and even to a smaller degree, Toronto. All those teams are, are teams the Royals could be competing against for a postseason position. So you kind of just have to take care of your own business. I, a lot of people will say the Royals need help to make the playoffs. And they don't if they keep playing like this. And Obviously, they're not going to continue to win eight games in a row, ten games in a row. They're not going to play 900 ball the rest of the season or probably even 800 ball the rest of the season. But if the Royals can go out there from here on out and win pretty much every single series with a couple of sweeps in there, I mean, maybe drop one series. The Royals cannot get swept. That's one thing that can't happen the rest of the season. That's the number one main key. You cannot allow yourself to get swept the rest of the season. You're going to lose a series or two. You can lose one or two series from here on out as long as you don't get swept, but then you got to win the rest of them and probably hope that you sweep a couple of them. You still have the Twins quite a bit, six more games. That will help. If you can go 5-1 and one against the Twins from here out, that will give you a much better chance, obviously, of sneaking in. But, yeah, I mean, the Royals, to me, get to 90 wins. Focus on 90 wins. Don't worry so much about the other teams. You get to 90, you're going to be breathing down Cleveland's neck, and you're probably going to have a pretty good chance at a wild card the way things are looking. I still think it's going to take at least 89 or 90. Originally, I thought 91, 92 for a guarantee. Obviously, 92 is a guarantee you get in the playoffs. 91 is a close guarantee. 90 probably gets you in as a wild card. It just depends how things end up here down the stretch. But to me, the Royals almost control their own destiny. And let's go over how they look against Miami. And one other note before we do that, by the way, one bad thing is that Mike Miner, if you didn't hear, came out of his start with Omaha on Friday, and Dayton Morris said you will not see him at the big league level this year. Shoulder stiffness for the second time this year on a rehab start. Not good news. Royals have Miner signed next year, so you'll have both Mike Miner and Jason Vargas competing, hopefully, for the number five spot in the rotation. Hopefully one of those two guys can get healthy on the final years of both of their deals, Vargas and Miner, next year. But that's tough for the Royals. At this point, I don't think anybody was actually counting on minor to make a difference this year, but still not a good thing. Medlin's been okay, is now rehabbing, but he's still a ways away. I, th- I think at this point, Dylan G is probably what you're going to go with down the stretch. You're not stretching out Matt Strom, who's on an innings limit, who's 
making your bullpen a lot better out there. You're not starting strong. The Royals aren't going to throw Alec Mills out there as a starter as long as they're in it. It's not going to happen. You know, there's no Zimmer. Almonte's not close. You know, on and on. There's, there's, you know, Judas is pitching well for Omaha. I don't see the Royals putting in. Some of these guys may get called up, but I don't see Judas coming in or, or Farrell or Scoglin. I don't see any of these guys, Mills, on and on, coming up and starting as long as the Royals are in it. So that being said, the only guys I thought that maybe could take over for G would be Medlin or Minor, but both look like long shots. So most likely Dylan G is your starter down the stretch now in the number five hole. And luckily he's been pitching well his last couple of times out, including seven innings his last time. And that's probably why the Royals, as of right now, are not skipping that fifth spot in the rotation. I thought they might skip it with the off day coming up tomorrow, but it appears as of now Dylan G will make a start in the next series. Now, the Miami Marlins, let's talk about them for a second because we don't see them, obviously, ever. First time in eight years the Royals have gone to Miami. The Marlins come in 65-59, and and they're competing big time for the playoffs, too. They're a game and a half out of a wild card, the Marlins are. Now, interestingly, they're three over 500, both at home and on the road. Miami is a very good pitcher's park, if you're not familiar. It's a good place for pitchers. The Marlins are 5-5 five and five over the last 10. No Gio Carlos Stanton, which will help. The big slugger for the Marlins. So that gets one less bet out there. And obviously, another guy that a lot of people don't know about, Justin Bohr, the big power-hitting left-handed first baseman, is out as well, which is a big deal. Chris Johnson, not near the threat that Bohr is. So the Royals do get the Marlins without two of their five best hitters out there. With that being said, they still have a couple of menacing guys in the 3-4 holes Uh, and those being Christian Yelich and Marcel Ozuna, a pair of outfielders. Ozuna, a big big right-handed hitting, free-swinging power hitter. Yelich's more of a gap-to-gap, a guy that has a lot of good gap power, but not so much home run power. Barry Bonds, of course, the hitting coach for the Marlins and gives, you know, gets a lot of the credit for Marcelo Zuna turning it around. This year. So the pitching matchup-wise, going into this series, I like the Royals big time to win two out of three. And getting back to what I said earlier about making the playoffs, you got to win all but one or two series, and you can't get swept in the one that you lose. The Royals have to win two out of three in Miami. Because they're going to probably lose on Wednesday night. Game two does not look good with Jose Fernandez against Dylan G. That is a, a fairly big mismatch. Although G's been pitching good and Fernandez is in the worst stretch of his career. We'll talk about that in a second. But first, game one. I like the Royals big time in this matchup. You're Donovan Ventura. 8-9, a 4-4-6. Andrew Kashner, the right-hander, who came over from San Diego in a trade. Since coming over, has five outings and a 5.48 ERA for the Marlins. Now, Giordano, his last four starts, the Royals have won all four, most importantly. The ERA allowed that to be possible. 2.52 for Ventura, his last four. Last time out, six and a third. One run on five hits with seven Ks against Detroit. Not too much against him. Only five at-bats against Ventura lifetime. 0 for 3 for Martin Prado. 0 for 2 for Ichiro. That's it. No one else has seen him. So uh, that's a pretty big advantage for Ventura, a team that's never seen him. And a team that's playing with two, you know, without two of its best hitting players and in the pitcher's park. I like Ventura quite a bit. No DH. You get the, the pitcher up there. Hopefully that gets you a free out or two. So I, I do like Ventura quite a bit in this matchup. Kashner, like I said, has not been good in the five games since coming over. The 5.48 ERA was not much better, though. You could say sample size, but even before that, in 16 starts with San Diego in a pitcher's park, had a 4.76. So Kashner, and that's the National League, too. You add a half run, I will say, to pitch in the American League. So Kashner is not a good pitcher at all. Last time out, it was like his best start in like a month, and it was five innings, one run against Cincinnati. And the White Sox got him good the start before that for four runs on nine hits. 
Kendrys two for three with the home run lifetime against him. Salvi one for three. Haas one for two. Gordo one for three. I like the Royals big time to get their ninth in a row on Tuesday night and defeat Andrew Kashner and the Marlins. Now, the exact opposite on Wednesday. I like the Marlins big time. Dylan G, Jose Fernandez. G, a 4-5-2. Jose Fernandez, 12-7, and seven, a 3-0-5. Now, last time out against the Twins... And it was the Twins, but I wouldn't necessarily say the Marlins' offense is that much better than the Twins. The Twins have been scoring, like I said, quite a bit the last month, month and a half. And the Marlins playing with that two key bats in the pitcher's park. The Marlins do have a better offense. I'm not saying they don't have – they've got better better upside hitters in that lineup. Even guys like Derek Dietrich are nice players at second base, Ichiro, Prado. JT Realmuto, a catcher. They've got some decent hitters, but it's not that much better than – than the Twins. So that's good. You've got a pitcher's park. So G, seven innings, one run. Hopefully he can build on that. Seven Ks. I like that against the Twins. But still in his last seven starts, a 5.15 ERA. So Dylan G has essentially been Andrew Kashner from an opposing team's perspective. Well, we're sitting here feeling confident about Kashner. That's how the opposing teams uh, feel about Dylan G. And the Marlins have had a little bit of success against him. They've seen him a bit from his Mets days. D. Gordon, who's back in that lineup as well for the Marlins off of his suspension, is 4 for 10. Marcelo Zuna, 5 for 15. Prado, 241 and 29 at-bats with a home run. And Christian Yelich is just 1 for 9 against G. Now, Jose Fernandez, like I said, one of the worst stretches of his career where he's lost three in a row. The Marlins have lost four in a row when he starts. A 6.00 ERA since July 28th. But still, that's his last three starts. You know, go back... His last seven starts, he has a 3.92, which is respectable. Still not great when you consider it's in the National League. But five runs, four innings last time for Fernandez. Is something going on with him physically? We'll find out here pretty quick. I mean, a guy with his uh, you know, track record and background of being hurt and having trouble staying healthy for a whole season, and a guy who's thrown quite a few innings this year, and you know, a guy with his stuff probably shouldn't struggle for more than, you know, three, four starts max. So we'll see if he struggles against the Royals again. Nobody on the Royals has more than three ABs against him. They saw him just once when he completely shut them down three years ago at Kauffman Stadium. I was at that game sitting behind home plate. And still to this day, out of all the thousands of baseball games I've watched up close in person, Fernandez that night had the filthiest breaking ball I've ever seen. Everything was moving. So a guy that I think if he's right, the Royals aren't going to hit, especially with no DH. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Morales in this series. Hosmer going home to Miami. I'm assuming you want him out there for his defense and his bat, been hitting, swinging the bat better. Probably he's going to be in there all three. Do you put Morales out in the right field once? I mean, because you've got Kane out there and he's starting to hit the ball and Orlando's been hitting the ball. Paulo, a late scratch today. Who knows if something's going on there? It'll be interesting to see what the Royals do with the lineup in that game. But I, I definitely like the Royals in game one and Miami in game two. So the finale, Volquez Kohler. This is the key one in the whole series to me. Most likely you're split going into this one, and it's a huge game to get that two out of three before you go to Boston. Now, Volquez and Kohler, coming into the year, you'd like Volquez. Volquez has not been good, as you know, for the good majority of the season for the Royals. And yes, that one start against Houston has elevated his ERA from probably about 4.2 up to 5.04. But either way, Volquez is an ERA north of four guy who's just not giving you quite the innings you were hoping for. More like a 180 guy this year after throwing 200 last season for the first time in his career. Now, Volquez obviously very uh, disappointing his last time out, not getting through that fifth inning on Friday night before 
the rain delay came for three and a half hours. The Royals luckily came back and won that game, and it didn't kill their bullpen, luckily. They were able to sweep the series. Now they have an off day, so they'll be 100% going into Tuesday. So luckily, it didn't end up mattering. But Volquez, you know, that was not good. Four runs and four and a third, six hits, had just, you know, needed three outs, up 4-1 in that game to get the Royals a win. Couldn't do it. And over his last seven, a 5.58 ERA for Volquez. Over his last 15, a 6.08. So he has not been good for quite some time outside of about two starts. Uh, against him, not much success. D. Gordon, 214 and 14 at-bats. Martin Prado, 2 for 9. Ichiro, 2 for 6. Marcel Ozuna, 0 for 6. Tommy Kohler pitching the right-hander for the Marlins. And not a guy that scares me. He's been doing very good, though. He's been their best starter over the last three weeks. Since the All-Star break, in fact, Kohler, a 1.62 ERA. 39 innings, 30 Ks. A guy who normally does not strike out very many guys. Doesn't miss a lot of bats. Six innings, two runs last time against Pittsburgh. A guy I'm just not worried about. I feel like the Royals will hit him. I really do. I just have a feeling in this game that Volquez will give you his typical six-plus innings, probably give up three, and the Royals will be able to come out and score four or five runs in this game. I like the Royals in this game. It's the biggest game of the series, though. It really is. I think the Royals get the job done, win two out of three. By the way, nobody with more than three ABs lifetime against Tommy Kohler. So there you go. I like the Royals two out of three in this series. They go to Boston for three after that. Certainly need to go at the absolute minimum three and three on this road trip. Four and two, the realistic goal. You still you're, the, the hole is still not completely filled in yet. You've got you're, you you've shoveled back in most of the dirt. You're almost back on even footing. Get yourself within you know two and a half games, September first of the wild card, and then I would say you're back. On on even footing with a, a pretty decent chance you can overcome two or three games in a month. But the Royals still have some work to go. That's the thing. They've been playing such a torrid pace for two weeks. They need another week just like this to get them almost back to even footing. And then from that point on, they really still have to play 600 ball. You know, win three out of five from that point forward. So that's the good news. The Royals are almost back to even footing. Got to find a way with Boston. I do like in that series... But you have Duffy going, you have Kennedy going in that series, and Ventura. So I, I like the three guys you'll have coming up in the Boston series quite a bit. That's the good news. And I'll actually be out there at Fenway Park as well. So there'll be no dishes coming up. I'll be with you again Tuesday night, and then I'll be gone Wednesday through Sunday on a trip to Boston. So we'll have today and then Tuesday and then back again after the Boston trip. So we'll talk to you again Tuesday night on Clubhouse Conversation. Hope you enjoy the off day on Monday. Hope the Royals can get at least three, maybe four on this trip. And again, hope you'll continue to follow us here for current interviews. Should have another one before I leave town at Royals Clubhouse. We'll post them on Twitter, on Clubhouse Conversation Facebook. Subscribe here through iTunes on the site, clubhouseconversation.com. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Go Royals!